0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Documentary Podcast. This is a Whiskey on the Weekend. a podcast dedicated to day drinking with the Menningham crew. Uh, my name is Blake. I'm here with DJ. DJ, say hey.
1: How's it going?
0: And buddy, my pal, best man of my wedding, Levi Baxter. Levi, say hello. What up? And Spencer, my partner in crime with the GOT Guy Questions Podcast. Spencer, say hey to people. Hey, everybody. Okay. Let's get going. It's Whiskey on the Weekends. BJ, I believe you have a bit of an agenda for us, do you? Uh,
2: I, I had some things written in. I wouldn't say that's so much of an agenda, but uh, I have some controversial comments that that I feel like I should get your reactions to. <laughs> All
0: right. We'll get to those. Okay. So the premise of this podcast is that uh, the Mangum crew gets together, and, and we will actually share whiskey. And it's usually from the same bottle, right? Like, so... One of us will uh, be the person who is responsible for the whiskey that week, and we'll take a bottle. We'll um, pour some out. We'll put it in some uh, smaller containers. We will get it to people (laughs) one way or another. (laughs) Uh, We will (laughs) not go into detail about that. Anyway, I was responsible for it this week. So, guys, uh, um, I sent you some whiskey. Uh, BJ, Spencer, did you get the whiskey? I did. Yes, I did. Okay, good. All right, so I believe the um, I sent you two bottles, and one had <laughs> nice Spencer. One had the the red sort of label on it. That should be the darker of the two. Is that right?
3: Uh, I threw away your markings. There is a darker one. Yes.
0: Okay, we'll take the darker one. <laughs> this is a, a whiskey uh, from Mother Earth Brewing Company in Kinston, North Carolina. All hmm. right. Um, yeah, I know. They make pretty just, good beer. They they do make good beer. They also make really good gin. I've never had their whiskey before. This will be the first time that I've had it. Uh, but I did want to uh, highlight some North Carolina whiskey and North Carolina company for our good friends.
3: Appreciate it, Mike.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to pour a little bit of Mother Earth here. Um, Levi lives near me, so I just, just about an hour ago delivered – a little whiskey to him, right before he besmirched my honor and called me a liar.
2: I said, did you just down that?
3: Uh, I'm gonna go with no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is that a lie?
3: Moderately.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and point out my two favorite parts of the very first Whiskey on the Weekends podcast. One was when Spencer asked if we were chugging this stuff. That's a, that's a direct quote. <laughs> Uh, and then, too, of course, is the, uh, the the sadness that is eating at the melting pot alone.
3: I, I continually forget when we're doing this. this. is the one podcast we do where it's actually on video, so I can't just do things in front of the camera. Y'all catch me on shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> BJ, are we ready to, uh, to give Spencer uh, a bit of a surprise?
2: Oh, dear Christ, what? Sure. It's, you know, whenever you're ready. Uh,
0: Spencer, um, BJ and myself... Um, are committed uh, and we are going to purchase you a gift certificate to the Melting Pot and on our third episode of Whiskey on the Weekends you are going to be at the Melting Pot <laughs> alone <laughs> while we record.
2: For a live cast. I'm I sure they serve whiskey so we'll, you know, we'll find some way to get get you uh, nice and pasted at, at the uh, Melting no, Pot. What, Let's make it even more special. I will bring my own flask
3: in to the melting pot.
0: That's right, Spencer. So the next time we do this podcast, you, on our dime, are going to be at the melting pot alone.
1: It's going to be amazing. Enjoying life. Just having a great time, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, It's your dime and also
3: your amusement. My own experience with it will be recreation of trauma. So just have fun with that.
2: We'll be with you, and you get a free meal. And you get a free meal at like 4 o'clock, and that's your favorite (laughs) thing. (laughs) <laughs> special. Yeah, the,
0: my favorite part about this, Spencer, is you're going to have to figure out a way to talk to us and do the pod while you're sitting alone. So, like, there, you know, you have the potential of people, like, next to you that's just thinking you're a crazy person, just talking to yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or you're going to be perceived as an asshole who's on his cell phone the entire time while he's at a milking pot. Everyone else is having a great, grand time in groups. You're by yourself on the phone while just shoving
2: cheese into your face. I'll have buy we, an anime pillow for you if you want to put it up next, like across the way from you.
3: Have we confirmed there's a melting pot located anywhere near me
2: or my driving? You have three near you, okay. within 20 minutes driving distance. We've Spencer, done don't the don't research. Don't think I'm an amateur at this. Come on now. Can I start drinking now? <laughs> Can we open that possibility. Um, so actually, there is one near you that I believe might have a Harry Potter event coming up, and it would. It would make me so, so happy if you were there for that. Uh, okay,
0: so...
3: Start drinking, and we'll just leave it at that.
0: So I think everybody's already started on the whiskey, but we'll... Uh, let's try the Mother Earth, a uh, North Carolina product. Winston, North Carolina.
1: The darker one, you said, right?
0: Yep. The darker one, yes.
1: No need to bring race into this, Spencer.
0: Ooh, that's good. good.
1: Very good.
2: Jay, hey, I'm interested it, to hear your opinion. It's a, it's a lot smoother than I was expecting. Uh, given the the nose, um, the nose smells a little harsh, but okay. but it goes down a lot smoother than I expected. It's not, I wouldn't call it very complex, but I would say it's immensely drinkable. You know, it has sort of a nice honey sweet flavor. It doesn't have much, at least to my palate, in the way of spice or or anything like that. But it is a very smooth, pleasant, one-note whiskey.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And the thing that's impressive to me about Mother Earth is that, you know, they they're, they have been a brewing company, right? They don't have a restaurant attached to them. So their equity, the, the money they have is, is pretty much just from beer. And then they, they went into the distillery business and they started making, I think, vodka, gin, and whiskey. They have like three main um, uh, liquors that they make. All are really solid, and they were solid from Jump Street. I draw a parallel to Topo, right? Top of the hill here uh, in in Chapel Hill. And they they went into the distillery business and it's garbage. (laughs) uh, Their liquors are terrible. So shout out Mother Earth. Uh, They did a good job.
2: I was going to say, you know, if they have a decent still system and they're willing to do a little bit of aging, then why not? Um, I mean, especially if they started with vodka and gin, because those are, you know, fairly straightforward, clear spirits that, you know, if you can get stuff like that down and and it's not harsh, then I feel like expanding into a fairly simple whiskey and things like that aren't isn't that immensely hard. Um, and this clearly has a reasonable amount of caramel added to it. And so, Terry, which of
1: the Topo spirits have you had? I've
0: had the uh, the whiskey. I've had the gin, um, and I've had so they they. Done a couple different whiskeys, uh, and they have one recent that's called like, the Reserve or the Special or something like that. I had that too. All garbage. I, I've not had anything from Topo Distillery that I thought was was remotely worth the price.
1: Maybe my memory is failing me, but I thought their gin was okay. It's like acceptable. It, it wasn't good. It, I wouldn't go out of my way for it, but in terms of just like regular gin, it was fine. But you know, Topo's got a brand of a, a sort of premium product and experience. And none of them live up to that name.
0: Yeah, None of their
1: experiences live up to that name? Or... None
2: the of their experiences
0: experience. that you have. Don't 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 make fun of Levi, okay? Make I,
2: I wasn't trying to make fun of Levi. I didn't know if he was saying all their liquors were bad or all the experiences that he had there were bad. <laughs>
0: uh, Spencer, I want your opinion on the whiskey. You
2: no, know, I
3: like it. I think it's my second favorite of the ones we've had so far. I like the uh, black saddle better. It came across a little bit smoother to me. And you know how sensitive I am to that.
0: It didn't have the campfire. It. The campfire burn.
3: Yes. Yeah. I'm here as <laughs> the to ignorant man. Tolerate my ignorance.
0: <laughs> uh, so, so, if people listening didn't listen to the first episode, um, we discovered that Spencer at one point said that he did not like the campfire element to whiskey, uh, which BJ correctly uh, thought that that would mean uh, smoky flavor. But no, Spencer meant burn.
3: Not my finer hour. No.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like this too. It's pretty good. Spencer, how much of the uh, last two do you still have?
3: How much of the last two I still have? Uh, yeah, basically, basically none of the Black Saddle, and about a third of the uh, I, forget, I forget the name of the second one, but it had a little have it. complex name. To
0: it. Yeah, okay.
3: about a third of that one, and we're already down to about a half of uh, this one. What was the name of this one again, Luke?
0: Mother Earth Whiskey. It's a it's a sour mash whiskey. It's a um, uh, I don't think they classify it as a bourbon, but it's a, it's a pretty straightforward sour mash
2: whiskey. I am going to say they this age is it really very nice long. for a sour mash. I mean, usually sour mash doesn't come across this smooth and has a little mm-hmm. bit of that sour note to it uh, on the back. Spencer, do you have any plans today?
3: Have any plans today? <laughs> I have to go to an early Halloween party at about eight. Uh, so that's about it.
2: So you should finish that, part that right drunk. now.
3: Uh, maybe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can show up to that drunk, right? Spencer. I mean, it's a I'm, Halloween not
3: not, I'm not driving, so yeah, I can show up fully drunk. Are you dressing up? I will probably be putting on a couple very basic outfit accouterments, and that'll be about it. What are you going to be? Uh, quick nothing question. in particular. I, I basically put together slowly over the years, a, a variety of quick outfit things, including like a mask, uh, a cape, various other stylish items. Looking, it ends up looking vaguely Phantom of the Opera by the end. The so
2: Spencer. If if you want to be very current, just take a white T-shirt and you know cut it up in strips, and then grab a red balloon, and you'll be like king of the party. Maybe a, maybe a frame to carry around. I mean, you know, to, go back I hear That's the, the hot it, one. I, yep. I catch the reference.
0: Spencer, I also have a um, quick outfit for whenever you're invited to like a sort of dress-up party, Halloween party type thing, and it is a Richard Nixon mask. <laughs>
3: nice.
0: <laughs> and I just walk around I am not a crook.
3: I am not a crook. Have any of you ever been to one of those? Uh, I call them walking plays. It's a play that it's happening in a venue, and you kind of walk between the rooms and see various things happen wherever you happen to be at any given moment. No. There's one. this one in New York called Sleep No More. It's got a bit of reputation attached to it. I went to that, and they give you a mask. So you have to do the entire thing mask as you go through it. And so I use that kind of vaguely haunting mask for various Halloween events that I'm dragged to.
0: Dragged
1: to. Ooh, Ooh.
3: Okay. It's
0: be- well, let's get to the agenda. Uh, BJ, do you have a topic for us?
2: Uh. I have a, a first comment that, that I like to make and see what, what other people uh, do with it. Pears are the worst.
0: BJ, fire up. Pears are the
2: worst fruit. Discuss. What? That they're mealy. That they're, their texture is awful. That they what? have very little to them other than they're sweet. And, you know, a good pear is basically the definition of a bad apple. You have tough skin, crappy texture, and not much more to it other than it's sweet.
0: Okay, counterpoint. First off, there is not a fruit that, if you get a good one, is more juicy than a pear. And the juice is, is complex. So sweet. It's a little bit sour. I disagree with you that the, the skin is always uh, tough. Uh, that You just haven't had good pears, my friend. So here's what we're going to do. Because you brought this up, uh, and because I'm a generous man, I'm going to send pear you custom. pears for Christmas.
2: that's like the worst present you can give me because basically as soon as Christmas happens I'm coming to North Carolina so listen listen
0: you're you're a Jewish man so I know you celebrate Christmas I am going to be sending you some really good pears and I want to hear uh hear your take when we get together on New Year's
3: don't send him pears just have pears at your house he will be there for a week
0: nope I'm sending them to him Spencer you can't I can't change my mind. I'm writing it down. The name is official. <laughs> I'm sending BJ pears. But anyway, uh, worst fruit. Levi, fire away.
1: Worst fruit. I'm going to pass and hear other options because I can't think of a bad fruit, a fruit that I don't like. Do kiwis count as fruit?
3: Yeah, kiwis are a fruit.
1: Kiwis are eh, fine.
2: I mean, they're not spectacular. Yeah. Um, I mean, dragon fruit. I feel like is another like not spectacular, but you know, it doesn't have much flavor. It's sort of you know, it's pretty, but but that's kind of it. I actually like kiwis quite a bit. Um, but but you know, if you ever go to a Chinese buffet, they're the thing to have. That is the one of our good friends.
1: How Wu did he uh, went to a Chinese buffet and loaded up his plate with kiwis. Uh, they were the most. Expensive thing on the menu, um, <laughs> for him, and we asked him whether he liked them particularly, and the answer was, of course, no. Uh, we don't like them particularly. Um, he just wanted to get his value, get his money's worth.
0: Quick, quick story on Howie. So Howie ran for a state house seat in South Carolina, and I had a fundraiser for him at my house, and he gets here, and I had a little bit of chips and salsa out, and he literally ate every chip and all of the salsa and he turned to me and he said, Hey man, sorry, but I really like free food. And I had to respond, like how that's not free. I paid for that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm having a fundraiser here for you. How about you not just eat everything the second you get in here? But anyway, how the man doesn't like kiwis. I have an answer for you here, BJ. And I think that the fact that you said pears is just a, a hot take. That is just ridiculous. So when I send you some Harry and David pears, um, you're going to know what's up. But the answer here is durian. Has everybody had... had Durian? Oh, yeah, of oh, course.
2: Durian. I mean, <laughs> it, it tastes like custard. It's awful. It smells terrible. It doesn't but durian taste that I... great. It doesn't taste that great. That's true.
0: Pears are better than durian. Will you agree with that, BJ? Uh,
2: sure. Uh... I, I, you know, it's tough, because durian is an interesting experience, where, whereas pears are just like, eh, that, that wasn't particularly good, and I don't know why I have these. separation Asian there, pears. Asian pears are separate. There's a wide
3: world of pears out there. That's, that's one thing I was going to ask. Has a particular pear offended you? Or are we targeting, you know, like Bartlett pears as being the anathema to your your fruit preferences?
2: Uh other than, like, an Asian pair, find, it, find me a pair that, that, that is one better than the other. Bosk, Bartlett, you know, they're all variations, you know, not particularly good variations on the theme.
0: That's, oh, man, <coughs> Wait, I'm going to get not, you some good pairs.
3: Lee, you've got your challenge. Have just in the, of a, oh, a pair of the world arrayed for him when he arrives at your house, just so we can try each one and confirm that there is a pair in existence other than the Chinese pair, apparently, that he is
1: fond of. <laughs>
0: That's right. So now we have two things coming up on the Whiskey on the Weekend podcast. One, Spencer, you are going to have a meal at the Melting Pot alone, and two, you're going to give a review of the Harry and David pears that I'm going to send him.
3: No reason we can't do both uh, those at
2: the same time. <laughs> I'll leave pears well, up, uh, you know. I can eat a pear for hours, Spencer. Can you eat a melting pot for hours? Uh, my
3: last time I was at the melting pot, I was there for about the greater part of two hours. So yes, apparently I can.
0: Yeah, we're going to do the pod the whole time, right? So as oh, soon as you sit oh, down until gosh. you leave, we're doing the pod. Uh,
2: can we wait until I'm in North Carolina? I'm going to be there for like a <laughs> week. I'll coming soon. No, if you're actually in North Carolina, we want to spend time with you. This is to for you to follow in the shame that is Florida. What do you call this? We're interacting. Spencer,
0: this is screen are you time? The, uh, like, quick question. Spencer, were you responsible for some of these packages that were sent out there from Florida?
3: <laughs> uh, no, no I was not. That individual okay. has been named and caught and he is a special, special Florida man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Living out of a van. <laughs>
1: Interesting, Spencer, you bring that up, Terry. Um, I was I was reading some news today, Terry, and the front windshield has prominently displayed U N C baseball caps. Uh, Charlotte, U N C Charlotte. No, those those were U N C proper. He went to U N C Charlotte. Well, you went to. U- that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, Damn,
0: Spencer, sit
1: down. Yeah, catch up. <laughs> <laughs> um But yeah, I was just tickled by that. I was like, this is this is interesting. You know, we've got this very weird guy. Um, doing things that people call despicable. Um,
0: Wait a second. I'm not
1: personally called it despicable. That's opening questions. Some... <laughs>
0: Is there any uh, argument about this, Levi?
1: Uh, I mean, I think people need to take action uh, and, and and follow through that with their beliefs.
0: Hot take. Well, Woo, well, Levi, coming FBI out in support of the mail bomber.
1: I'm not supporting him as, as an individual. I'm supporting the concept of, you know, Following through with your beliefs. I think we can all say that it, people in America are pretty complacent in many regards. Maybe yeah. Yeah, they can stick up, stick up for them. All what right, we we're going to cut that.
3: Were? <laughs> what did you say, Spencer? I said, what are we assuming his beliefs were?
0: Trump, Trump, Trump.
3: Probably T Rump. <laughs> Based on his van, apparently T Rump and soccer were his main loves in life. Mm. very
1: very weird guy.
0: Heck of a weird uh, Venn diagram there. (laughs) All right, well, Spencer, you are not the bomber. That's good. I like to hear that. Um, Spencer, what is your least favorite fruit?
3: Uh, Durian would probably have to be pretty high. Uh, Lychee fruit. Have you guys ever had that at various uh, Chinese uh, buffets or anything like that? You don't like that? that?
0: No, I haven't.
3: I do not like lychee fruit. I'm actually not very fond of exceptionally sweet things, and that thing is basically just sugar codified in in a fruity exterior. I don't
0: even know what that is.
2: Neither do I. Uh, ha- have you? Well, ha- I can name other it, fruits it, that are similar, but they won't. That's not particularly helpful. I'm sure we can find some in uh, the various Asian groceries in Raleigh and bring It tastes by. like it
3: comes pre-caramelized. It's just like it's been dipped in sugar and just left there for far too long. Uh,
2: did you have them out of a can? Because those are in like syrup.
3: I, it, it was not in a can, it was not in syrup. It looked like it was just sitting there fresh. Whether it came from that originally, I don't know how high-quality the Chinese buffet I was at most recently.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I'm i not sure I would trust fruit at a Chinese buffet to be uh, anywhere on par with like what they normally are. Admittedly, it's a limited sample size. Damn. However, from my exposure, lychee fruit does not rank Wait, high did, on my list. did you have to peel it?
3: Did I have to peel it? There was a little bit of a husk on it, yes, I had to take off. Like a red... Red spiky huff? There, there, there was, like, a, a tray there where some of the front had been peeled and some of the back had not. It was, like, oh, a
2: little
0: presentation element. Oh, that is super sketchy. So wait a, wait a second. Let's back up here. Spencer, you still go to Chinese buffets. Oh, there's the dog.
3: Yeah, the dog had to make a, a mandatory appearance.
0: It's a Mangum Talks podcast tradition.
3: I, I did not go to a Chinese buffet. There is a very nice, actually, sushi buffet. I don't know if that sounds better or worse that is uh, near me, that has a, also a mixed hibachi and Chinese element
2: as well. Okay, I, I don't think nice and sushi buffet tend to go together. I, I love them dearly because I can eat incredible quantities of, of somewhat questionable raw fish, and so like I, I don't have anything against them per se, but I feel yeah. like the calling them good is I, it's
3: just not I, I Let's do. be fair. There are bad sushi buffets. There are sushi buffets that you leave just assuming that you already have salmonella.
2: This yeah, is not like, one of those. Yeah, like when we went to uh, Adam's wedding. That was fine, though. Oh, I, didn't get, I didn't get sick. I, didn't, I don't think you ate the sushi.
0: Wedding, that wasn't too. I did
3: not. That was probably a very wise decision on my part.
0: Levi, worst fruit.
1: Worst fruit. So we're going... Most people have gone fairly obscure... Uh, sort of like classic fruit. Please.
2: I don't like peaches or plums. Oh my god. Interesting. Whoa. How do you feel about nectarines? Or pluots? I don't know what the last
1: one is, but nectarines are, are, they're, they're okay. What the fuck? I just haven't had a good peach, and I, I, first to admit. uh,
2: Do you not like things that are fuzzy?
1: Hi. Um, like hearing uh, folks go hard against B.J. Uh, about his take on pears, I may have not had a good peach, and I, I'm the first to admit that I probably haven't. It's sort of like people who don't like tomatoes haven't had a sort of vine ripe tomato because they're absolutely fantastic, right? Um, but I've not had a good peach, let's put
2: it that way.
0: Levi, I got you. I don't know why I've become the fruit guy, but I'm become the fruit guy.
2: Um, <laughs> So, Levi, so, so, Harry and David, if you have shitty fruit, we're going to come after you after
0: this. Well, first of all, Harry and David has great pairs. Uh, <laughs> Levi, um, Grandy Greenhouse, back in our old uh, stomping grounds back in eastern North Carolina,
2: mm-hmm.
0: they've got the legit peaches. That's, that's the peaches you need.
1: Okay.
3: I'll take uh, your word for Leah, Leah, I feel like you've assumed the role that this year for New Year's, you're just going to have this massive fruit spread available there to challenge fruit preconceptions. <laughs>
0: I like to take care of people, Spencer.
3: So, Pat, pe- we've, 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 on your list of the fruit spread that you're going to provide, which is getting very impressive, we are going to have a mix of pears, peaches, and apparently lychee fruit.
2: Uh, uh, I don't know so what that is. Lychee fruit and uh, maybe some longans. And I think rambutans are going to be really right up your alley, Spencer. They oh, kind of look like red hairy rambutan. testicles. I have had those. Those are actually pretty good. Okay, lychee- so lychees, rambutan, and longans all taste vaguely similar.
3: BG, you confirmed by the day that you are in no way in a marketing department. That, that's how you're advertising what I'm going to enjoy now?
2: No, I'm not going to advertise what you're going to enjoy. I'm going to advertise what you're going to put in your mouth.
0: Oh, my gosh. All right. Anyway, let's move on. That's a,
2: that's a fair address. <laughs>
0: okay, I've got one. Uh, I've got an item. Uh, we are entering November. November, yep. of course, is the uh, the month with the Thanksgiving holiday. What mm-hmm. is the most underrated Thanksgiving side dish?
2: Huh. Green bean casserole. It, God. it is stupid. It is like the worst com- like combination of ingredients. It is the easiest thing to make under the sun. And it's Delicious. just good, especially on Thanksgiving.
0: I would say you're talking about the kind that has like the mushroom soup and the French's uh, fried onions. Yeah.
2: It's, (laughs) you know, either frozen or canned green beans with like a can of cream of mushroom soup and then onions, and then you just toss it in the the oven. It's a size that you can provide
3: for an entire family with $5 worth of ingredients. And it just inevitably comes out delicious.
0: Yeah, it's good. Levi.
1: Most underrated. Um, a good gravy most people don't make proper gravy but, yep. a, but a good gravy is absolutely mm-hmm. delicious right most people can I don't particularly care right I mean just like a sort of actual gravy as opposed to some can nonsense oh. um, or, or, or jarred nonsense is absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic
0: good call
1: it makes you feel like you're having a heart attack but it's it, it's fantastic Spencer you know, for me,
3: it's something always, that you know, people always go kind of cheap on. It's just a really good quality bread for the table. There are so many foods on Thanksgiving that work delightfully well together with the various sauces and various juices that mix, that having something that you can push or compile together with bread is just perfect. So a nice high-quality bread is something that's usually forgotten on Thanksgiving because everybody's everybody focusing on the other sides.
0: See, this is where my southern uh, roots uh, kind of conflict because I feel like you need cornbread on Thanksgiving.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Cornbread. Good cornbread is a nice addition on Thanksgiving. Cornbread <laughs> or, or, or
1: proper biscuits?
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I, one one I do do the cornbread? Cast iron cornbread.
3: One dish that people can often just either get pre-prepared or not take an effort in, uh, high-quality stuffing can make a nice Thanksgiving.
0: Ah. Uh, there you go. So you, you have my pick. Uh, my pick the, is Stuffing dinner out
3: of the bird.
2: Oh, ow. Oh, Stuffing God.
3: in the bird, then taken out before served.
2: Oh, what's wrong with you, Spencer? Ew. Spencer likes salmonella,
3: or at least the <laughs> fake threat. Cooked to an appropriate temperature, perfectly safe, and perfectly delicious.
0: No, I I think that's ridiculous. Uh, my answer is oyster dressing. What is that? Uh, it's a it's a southern thing. I mean, it's a it's a like a, a coastal southern thing. But you basically do like your your standard quote stuffing or dressing whatever. Uh, we used to do it with old cornbread that you would just kind of cube and you add some vegetables to it and some giblets and some seasoning. But then you top it with oysters.
2: Okay, good.
0: that sounds yeah, good. Pretty, pretty good. Maybe I'll serve that at New Year's too. I'm just gonna. Every, every one of these topics, I'm just going to have it to do. <laughs>
2: I remember the New Year's that Adam decided that everybody had to try liver pudding.
0: Oh, yeah, and we did that. Me and Adam went out we, in the morning and got yeah. liver pudding. You carved,
3: you carved that on top of Krispy Kreme donuts.
0: <laughs> we did, so everybody listened. So what we did is uh, we had a New Year's uh, celebration, which we've talked about on a lot of the podcasts on the Nankin Talks podcast channel. And me and Adam, a uh, buddy of mine, he'll probably be on uh, a later uh, iteration of Whiskey on the Weekends. We got up. We were just up before everybody, and we went to the grocery store, probably still a little drunk. And we got liver pudding. We've got, we've got cheddar cheese, bacon, and Krispy Kreme donuts.
1: Along with eggs. And eggs. Eggs, too. Definitely eggs. Too. And
0: then we made sandwiches, <laughs> Krispy Kreme sandwiches with eggs, cool. bacon, cheese, and liver pudding for everybody.
3: It cures a hangover. It causes so many other problems.
0: <laughs> I think we did that a couple times. We yep. didn't do that just once.
2: It, it's been a tradition. We've made uh, that a tradition. I think we walked away a little bit from the Krispy Kreme, but we definitely have had breakfast sandwiches pretty much every year after drinking, sometimes from Sunrise, which it's always a nice uh, addition, but... Sometimes of our own make.
0: I think this year I'm going to go for rise. Do some, do some rise biscuits for you guys.
1: That is the trendy choice
2: in the triangle area.
0: That's right. I'm a trendy man. Okay, Beastie, do so you
1: have a uh,
2: agenda topic for us? Uh, I have a couple. Let's uh, go. So, so if we're going to go, we're going to go away from the completely uh, – decisive statements and and the i see a post all the time about people are just like oh i can't adult today and it's just like what are you complaining about it's really like how, how is being an adult that hard for so many people like i completely understand if you're having trouble making ends meet and i feel like that's a different category of having trouble being adult like if you're having trouble at making ends meet it's an awful situation to be in and It's super rough. But if you're not, I feel like paying bills and I don't know, whatever it is that else is that, that encapsulates being an adult, isn't really that hard. And everybody that just seems to completely fail at basic tasks, just like boggles my mind a little bit.
3: It's a phrase that always kind of confused me because I didn't ever think it had a clear definition. I mean, being an adult can be kind of, the freedom of being an adult is it can mean whatever you want it to mean. I mean, you can be an irresponsible adult and you're still qualified as an adult. So, are we setting terms on what uh, that phrase kind of inherently
2: embodies? I don't know. Just like all the things that you've encountered where people are just like, oh, I can't, I like, I failed at adulting. I, you know, I, I couldn't unlock my car with the key. Like, I don't understand how it works. <laughs> you know?
1: So. At least to my mind, when people say that, so let's take aside the sort of like silliness, right? And like, I can't unlock a car with a key. That's that's silly, that's an idiot, who cares, right? Yeah, that's um, I mean, I think it's pointing to the sort of, the, the kernel of what what the claim is, is that responsibility can get overwhelming at times, which I think we all would agree can be true. Certainly, um, But it is a little bit too sort of cutesy, right? Um, because yeah, things get tough sometimes, even if you're doing relatively well, just because they're overwhelming at times, but who cares? I mean, it's, that's life. Um,
0: yeah, I don't know. Being like as a
1: kid, um, as an adult, it just means you can't run to someone else to take care of it. I
0: or kind of can't. swing the other way. Like I really like being an adult. <laughs> like I've got my own place, like I make my own decisions. Uh, I'm smarter than I was when I was a kid. Um, I don't know. I like being an adult. I I like to adult, BJ.
2: Yeah. Like I, I just, I, I think the being carefree as a child is great and all and, and, but it doesn't hold that much interest to me because you get to decide what you do. You get to decide what fun you get to have. And the tough parts of like, I don't know, paying bills is, relatively straightforward like you know there's nothing that that takes up like huge amounts of my time i don't need to like sit and do homework or something like that that takes up incredible amounts of my time the things that i have to do as an adult you know takes up what like a week a year in total
0: spencer there's question a question
2: for there's you a, there's a have a practical question
3: on that point Yep, yeah,
0: yes, spencer uh, you go and then i have a question for you
3: okay this is one, between adult and child. Which did you find either harder or a greater burden in your day-to-day
2: life? Life of school or life of work? Uh, I mean, I, I haven't really left school, sort of. <laughs> you're doing it in a very different way.
0: All right, I'll go. Uh, I'll jump in. So I would say that, you know, if you're just looking at it objectively, uh, working is much harder you put in more hours, it's much more stressful. Um, But you're not as equipped to deal with the stress when you're a kid and you're in school, Uh, or you're, you know, a young adult or whatever. Uh, So I would say that it's like kind of a mixed bag. But objectively, I would say that working is harder, but I can deal with it better. Yeah,
2: I mean, I would kind of agree with that. I guess I've for a number of years, I went to a private school, so it was a little bit closer to, like, a nine-to-five, like, closer to seven-plus, yeah, yeah, well, Jewish day school. Like, I feel like not that fancy. But, you know, it's closer to, like, a seven-, eight-hour day, and, and now, I mean, if I want to take a break or, you know, I want to get some coffee or, or shoot the shit with some colleagues, like, I can just sort of do that, whereas I feel like in school it was a lot more structured, like, you know, you sort of went with a flow clip because your days were planned out basically from then until you graduate high school. But on the other hand, you have a lot of stuff to do. You have like all the schoolwork for the day, you have homework, you have so many more responsibilities that impact you negatively if you try and put them off or do kind of anything that you want. Um, I don't know, I feel like working is I, I like my work so most days
0: oh, Lucky I like, you
1: I like the phrase you used there BJ um, sort of thinking about work, right, work doesn't have and being an adult in some regards doesn't have the same direction no one's defining what you do um, no one's saying you have to be here and do this at this time and you have to turn this in and you have to achieve this, right um, so
2: you have to have some self-direction there um, that's pros and cons, right? <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like the you have people doing work with you right now. Like, no <laughs> one has any, you know, defined things that you have to turn. Spencer, how often do you have to turn in your hours? I was about to say, what, Levi, what kind of job do you have? Like, you have things you have to turn oh, in? I mean, <laughs> my job is a lot more like Levi's where basically the only due date, hard due date that I had recently was turning in a grant, and the only next hard due date is I have to make a poster for a meeting. Other I mean, than mine's,
1: that, like... mine's less flexible than BJ's, but I mean, uh, there are certain things I have to deliver at certain times. But outside of that, there's still a, a healthy amount of at least projects that I do, um, things that that kn- I'm, I'm accountable for the delivery at some point. But there's no one who's immediately asking for it. There's no immediate um, time frame of delivery, right? It's, it's sort of you need to get this done and get it done. Um,
0: yeah, so my times bit different. We're we we have hard hard timelines, Spencer.
1: Yes. He is gone.
3: Run away. <laughs> Putting the dog in a different room. He's starting to bother me. Uh, I mean, for me, I think reg- old, regular old schooling had the advantage of being predictable and also being more varied than my work. I mean, with the working or school day, you could know six months in advance what every day was going to be. You could know what it was expected of you. Everything was pre-planned. It had... Both the advantage and disadvantage of having a lack of freedom attached to it. One of the key tenets of being an adult, one of the key things of being an adult, removing the financial element, which is one of the big things we're kind of removing from this definition of an adult, is that you have the freedom to decide what that means. You have the freedom for kind of charting your own course for it, which is both astounding and wonderful and also terrifying. And I think one of the biggest problems I had is continuing to kind of deal with is just the full scope of what freedom means and deciding what you want that to mean. So being an adult is intimidating. Being an adult, you kind of uh, lose the luxury of having someone else plot your own future. I can plot your
0: future
2: if you want me to. I was about to say you're going to have offers to plot your future if you leave it open <laughs> like that. There are,
3: I, I'm sure you guys have recommendations. Step but one.
2: Uh,
3: between bet- between the aware. two. But- between the two, being an adult just comes across as more meaningful. Being a kid, every day just kind of flows together in kind of just a vague collage that never really associates much to it. You've got a lot of memories attached to it, but each thing I do
2: as an adult just kind of feels like it's got a lot more weight attached to it. I feel like I remember Levi saying he doesn't remember much of being a kid from like younger than eight. Yep.
1: That is true. And cool. in Soteri or Lee, the. The thing that really rung true about what you said there was that being an adult is harder in some way. Like I remember, I recall distinctly, I was staying late at work and I was writing out a, a very long email that covered a bunch of topics, like hit bullet points, all the pretty stuff, right? And I, when I was done, I was like, "This is this is a big email. Let me put it in Word. This is two thousand words. This is- yeah. <laughs> um, like this isn't like a." a This isn't a term paper. This is not a – some have to turn into a teacher. This is just what I did. Um, So – and and that stuff is sort of run in the mill, Uh, but there is the benefit of you're doing stuff you ostensibly, hopefully, get some enjoyment out of. Uh,
0: Yeah. So for me, like, I deal – like, I work for a government contractor, and I deal with a lot of government audits. And when you deal with audits, if you were like, the person remotely in charge or at least higher up, you have to go before the auditors. So I have a lot of times where I have to sit in a room with auditors and just answer rapid fire questions, which is so much more stressful than anything I ever did
2: in school or <laughs> a
0: kid. Like, uh, yeah, so for me, uh, you know, it's it's uh, when you, when, yeah, adulting, quote, uh, is is harder, it's more fulfilling, uh, but I do like it better than being, a, you know, actually in grade school.
3: It's interesting the choices that you end up making. Of where I've got an inherent fear of public speaking, and as you guys can testify to, I'm rather shy in terms of interacting with other people. And like, yet like, I volunteer.
0: Pause. You're you're scared of public speaking.
3: Yeah, very much so. And then well, that's the, that's that's the oddity of this is that I decided to volunteer to be a litigator.
0: Well, that plus you're on podcasts, like.
3: <laughs> and Blown here away. I am for a given day.
0: We've been friends for a long time. I never knew that. Anyway, sorry, Spencer. That, that just kind of that, that blew me back a little bit.
1: Really? All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm very much in, in Spencer's boat, so I can, I, it seems very, very plausible, right? Like I, I don't mind talking um, in, in smaller scales. Like for my job, I've, I've given presentations digitally where I've had 500 people consuming what when I'm, when I'm delivering. Not a problem but you're in front of a room of hundred people. It's, it's a very different feeling. Very much so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, For me, I don't have any problem with it.
1: For me, my
3: comfort zone depends on two factors. Is it, can I imagine that I'm among a, a group of friendly faces? No problem. I can say whatever else and you guys know that I'm capable of that. And then can I assume that I'm assuming a role? I mean, if I feel like I'm an actor on a stage It's no longer me. It's the mask I'm putting on. And then it's not a problem. But it's me actually presenting about myself to a crowd of disinterested faces. There is my nightmare embodied right there.
2: Wow. Interesting. So would you say that's a maple tree? A maple tree? Well, a U doesn't seem appropriate for the (laughs) East Coast. I don't know. What do you guys have there in the swamp? Elm? We got... We got a lot of cypress. Cypress will Okay. Cypress sitting outside the window, haunt, haunting your dreams.
3: Honestly, uh, we've got a lot of banyan trees, which I'm not, not sure what we decided to import all those from India, but we've got them too.
2: All
0: right, guys. I, I, you know, I want to have fun here, but like talking about the trees, uh, a little bit of bad radio. So maybe we, <laughs>
3: we invited
1: on. you guys. We invited <laughs> you guys to participate. Man. So to interrupt you there, Gary, that is one thing that's interesting. When when someone who is my age knows about. Plants or trees in significant depth, I feel they're much more adult than I am. Um, when they're like, that—that oh, that is a a Chinese pine, or you know, insert whatever. Um, it, it, it it confuses me so much. Like that's—I have no clue about what's going on there, and I feel like I'm I'm a child who's amazed. That's a by fair this.
0: point. That's a fair point, Levi. I feel like like being like a tree or plant enthusiast is a thing that retirees do, right? Exactly. That's what your
1: citizens do. Or very mature if you if you know about animal life uh you know trees plants like if you know about these things in significant depth uh
2: you seem far more mature than 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 i feel in my heart especially because it's no longer particularly useful i feel like there was a time where knowing what trees were knowing about you know the local flora and fauna would have been very germane to your daily life and since now it's not really important for our daily life it's once you have time to sort of explore whatever is around you and you don't have m- much in the way of a demand to your daily life is when you can actually explore everything else around you. Yeah. And I wonder if that's sort of what you're picking up, but the, the, the joke about the, the trees and the nightmares has, was uh, the Mangum Reads book that we're going over. Oh, of course I, I am. I'm, I'm well
1: aware of the series. I'm, I, I listened to that the most recent episode. I and mean, honestly, all the episodes. Although I I brought this up with Terry separately. Um, yeah, preach. You guys sold that podcast as short stories, and so people could follow along. <laughs> Guess what? I'm not reading a 300-page book to follow along with you guys. Uh, there have been some recommendations like Legion that I, I I have in my queue of things to read, but I
2: I, I can't follow 200 300 pages. On a weekly basis. We said we were going to start out with short stories to make life a little easier to get into it. So we have some lead so You have like a couple of weeks to read some of the longer books. But we no, can throw in some more know. short stories so you can, you know, try and keep up. I think the no. short story thing is
1: is preferred uh, because you guys burn through books entirely too quickly. Uh, I clearly read slowly. Um <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm with Levi on this one. Like, you guys will like be like, all right, next week we're talking about X, Y, Z, and then like, we'll look it up, and it's like a full damn book. Like, and, and, and here's a question before you guys respond, Spencer, how the hell do you do this? Because you are doing random reads, you have a full time job, and then we do the GOT Got Questions podcast. And, and here I am you have, for this. Ex, you have extensive notes about that, sometimes a little too extensive, and you frustrate yeah, me because you you know things I'm How the hell do you how the hell do you do this? Side I'm mark. paid to read That's what I do.
1: How many hours a night do you sleep, Spencer? Because this hey. Oh Three, a phone. Four.
3: Uh I typically go to bed about two AM and get up at eight. So Ugh. five and a half, six oh, hours?
0: Really? What are you doing in tattoo?
3: Uh, it depends sometimes work sometimes prepping for watching GOT or reading a book uh, other times just you know exploring the vast corners of the internet I mean, oh, my, my general philosophy is I spend a lot of my day Corn. working normally so whatever time I can get not working or staying out of work I'm going to use it to its maximum ability I I
0: keep gotcha. the
3: chafing down. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you, you guys mentioned that like you know uh, the 200 page book was too much it's like I read it in three hours before the podcast. It's like yep. my job is to read. For, I mean, for me, it's not that much hassle because I'm expected every day to just compile massive amounts of information
1: and reduce it to something more simple. So this I, think you're just, a, I think you're being a little un, like you're underselling your your capabilities compared to our jobs. Like I read tons of information daily all, all the time. I'm um, Terry. I, I'm I don't know if you do it now and currently in currently your job, but historically you've read sort of. Government regulations regarding Uh various contracts like deep in-depth technical not fun stuff um but i can't burn through stuff and and clearly terry can't either but burn through stuff as quickly as you can um i think you just have a talent there for sort of quickly consuming information um that's far exceeds Uh, it doesn't explain
0: that yeah i might be
2: uh sitting and reading it to his lover at night so that that might be how he gets through the the stories on a regular basis we're actually going
3: through monster calls now. Of about, where about I'm reading it to, or between the podcast.
2: So, what's your voice for the monster?
3: I'm not going to repeat it right now. That's just between the two of us.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Let's uh, move on to the next whiskey. <laughs> um, the next, well, we one next one is a rye. I thought we would uh, we kind of switch it up and do a rye whiskey. There's a there's a big uh, sort of I guess renaissance uh, of, of rye whiskey. It's getting Pretty popular among the kids, among the millennials, and I have picked um, a rye whiskey from the Limestone Branch Distillery. And this rye whiskey is finished in a sherry cask, which I'm told is supposed to make it a bit more sweeter, a little easier to get down. Spencer, it's not, um, it's not the, uh, it's not like a fire. Or <laughs> campfire. Yeah, uh, hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully not, not really, uh,
2: really harsh for you. But yeah, that's that a works. really it's nice variety. Yeah, you can really taste the, you can smell the sherry like yeah. on the nose, yeah. but but wow. it really comes through at the the back end. Yeah, you and can. even I know that sherry. All right, let's give it a taste.
0: All right,
2: bottoms up. Hmm. Very smooth. It's nice. It's a little bit harsher, I would say, than the uh, Mother Earth whiskey, but right. but it's a lot more complex. I lot I would drink it a lot more than the other. You know, you get the the nuttiness and slight spice of the rye, and and yeah, the the really sweet notes from the the sherry Cows are really nice.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the back end, it's it's really interesting. Um, you you mentioned it like.
2: It's a little bit spicy.
0: Well, that's what I got from it. Levi, what do you think? I
1: would agree with all that. I also think it's it, it's amazingly smooth. Um, both of these have been relatively smooth whiskeys. Uh, Spencer cannot complain about any of Spencer these. will complain. complain.
0: No campfire.
1: <laughs> no campfire. Um, <laughs> I will say it has an amazing smell. It just smells good. And the taste, I'm not getting the complex notes that BJ is. But that's because I have a relatively unsophisticated palate. Uh, but it tastes delicious, smooth. Smells delicious.
0: Yeah, the smell I think you're getting is from the uh, aging in a sherry cask.
1: Yeah.
0: Spencer, what would you think?
3: I actually like this better than the other one. Uh, it does. I agree with BJ. It, it has a lot going on in it. I. I Lee, I can really taste the spice that you're talking about. My lips even feel like they're kinda of tingling a little bit. Um, it I appreciate it, this one. It I, I, I don't think it's quite as smooth as the first one, but it just has so many things that are happening with it. It's if nothing else, fun to talk about.
0: I agree with you. The price point is uh a little bit questionable. It's about seventy dollars a bottle. Um, but you know, you know, if you, you want an interesting rye whiskey, I would uh I would try out the minor case from Limestone Branch Distillery. And that is actually made in Lebanon, Levi. Really? Yeah, Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Lebanon, eight, Kentucky. <laughs>
1: yeah, let's clarify that point.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Lebanon, Kentucky. It's
3: it's a good whiskey.
2: That is surprisingly yep. nice. Um, so Fair. I have another co- controversial statement If uh, after Spencer dispenses his wisdom.
3: No, I, I want to hear what your controversial statement is. I'm sure i have wisdom on that. Chocolate is overrated. What? And fighting words have been uttered. Ooh, I would agree I'll with that. Take the first punch. Well, uh, it's a complex statement to analyze here. Let's uh, break this down. Are you meaning all chocolate in all its varieties and all its qualities is overrated? Or are you saying that particular derivatives are overrated?
2: Uh, In general, chocolate is overrated. Um, Yes, there are impressively good, you know, single bean varietals and stuff like that, but for the most part, and even those I feel like are given a higher status compared to so many other desserts, so many other things that you consume and people obsess about it way more than I feel like it's deserving. And, And I know we're sort of touching on something that we talked about last time with mole sauces. And yeah, I feel like exactly. chocolate as an ingredient and, and um, possible other uses have basically fallen off because pretty much everybody wants a Hershey bar.
0: Well, so it sounds like your beef is with milk chocolate. Uh,
2: my beef is with chocolate in general. I do much prefer dark chocolate, but. Well, I mean,
0: so does most reasonable people. My point is, if you're trying to throw shade on chocolate, are you really throwing shade on dark chocolate, you know, 80, 90% cacao, or are you are you just like really shitting on a Hershey's bar?
2: Uh, I'm mostly shitting on a Hershey's bar. I mean, I like I do I do agree that that dark chocolate has a good place, but even dark chocolate, I feel like gets overrated essentially by so many people having like essentially chocolate desserts and chocolate desserts sell better and people like essentially quote unquote like them more than basically anything else under the sun. And I feel like that's just because it's chocolate and then I think it's overrated.
0: Levi, what, what's your take?
1: Uh, I mean, he's being con- sort of controversial for, for a point, but I would agree with the underlying point, which is that chocolate as a dessert option, I wouldn't. I, I don't pick that. Um, hmm. I pick a good pie. Give me a good pie.
0: I agree with that.
1: Nine times Like nine times out of ten, it's going to be better than anything conceivable with chocolate. Um, so I think as a dessert concept, chocolate is overrated. Um, I get the sort of backlash against milk chocolate. You know, it's it's relatively basic. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I I think it's being hot takey. But yeah, I I would say as a as a dessert, um, chocolate is very very much overrated. Uh, Spencer. Levi had another point there. Let's let him finish. No, I was just going to sort, sort of finish off and say that I mean, pies to me are the best dessert option. You get sort of delicious fruit with all your sugar, um, yep. and if you have a good crust, it's okay. perfect. When we were speaking of
3: Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, side dishes that are overlooked, I frown on any Thanksgiving where a good pecan pie is not in presence.
0: Whoa. Pecan pie might be
2: my favorite pie. Oh, oh, what? Really? That's silly. It is silly. And I, I don't even know why. Like, it doesn't make any sense. There's so many other pies that are objectively better pies. But I I like pecans as a nut and just like that that hilarious amount of sugar just does something for me and I don't even know why. Like I, I can't mouthing, you're
1: bad mouthing milk chocolate and then going with pecan pie, which is the chocolate <laughs> for the pie world. Um
2: I, I I'm admitting it is. that it that it's it a is. weird choice and that it's a poor choice. Just
0: Spencer, I see you like nodding. Are you a big pecan pie guy?
3: I am a very big pecan pie guy. All right, well, for, th- for, for, those. for the same reason I'm a cho- I'm actually a chocolate lover. I view them in as many ways as the same category as the reliable choice. That if I'm looking through a dessert menu and I'm not sure what I can get, if there is something that is with chocolate, I know I will like it. It's a wonderful fall black plant. I'll actually agree that it's oversold, particularly American chocolate, but it, it is always reliable. Like it is always reliable if nothing else. I that's always fun talking with people from overseas about the things that they despise about American cuisine. They will always make fun of our chocolate, and they will always make fun of our cheese.
0: Well, the, first of all, they're wrong on the cheese, but that's not what we're talking about right now. I I really like apple pie. I'm a big apple pie guy.
1: Apple pie is amazing. Yeah. It, it, it's a pain yeah. to make, so I see why you wouldn't want to make it. But it, if, it's, if it's an option on the dessert menu at a restaurant, go for it.
0: Okay. Unnecessary debate. If you're having a slice of apple pie, do you want ice cream, whipped cream, or cheese?
2: Ice cream. I have, I have never had cheese on an apple pie before. I would recommend <laughs> yeah. it. It's a thing certain places, and they sort of do a little bit of cheddar cheese. It, I feel like it does a disservice both to the pie and to the cheese.
0: BJ, you've never said anything more wrong. I I really
3: the like topics that we disagree
0: on. a really good apple pie with a slice of fresh cheddar cheese oh get out of here son it's I mean
2: I, I think the combination of, of of a good apple and cheddar is is a great combination I just the the number of times that I've had cheese and that cheddar cheese and apple pie like at a restaurant and it's just fallen short of any you know low bar expectations I have is is surprisingly comment. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm sure... we I'm to get you pears.
0: See, i got to get you pears. I'm make sure it if, pie if, for if, it.
2: if like, you baked an apple pie and had some nice cheddar, that'd be a different experience. But the places that I've had it offered at a restaurant have just been so mm-hmm. underwhelming.
3: So, Lee, add to your list, you're making a high-quality chocolate dessert and you're also making <laughs> apple pie with cheese. The culinary Damn, we, variety we, you're
2: offering for New Year's is getting impressive. we got to stop doing this so podcast. Probably my favorite chocolate dessert of all time is a chocolate souffle don't because it doesn't one. have the, so, so I guess my, my probably my biggest problem with desserts in general and and one of the reasons that I really don't like milk chocolate is that I don't like the the cloying ness of a lot of desserts and I'd much prefer a little bit more of a pellet cleanser or something pleasant to finish my meal rather than something that, you know, I'm going to just sort of feel coating my mouth for the rest of the night.
3: Hmm. So a nice little sherbet to wrap up the meal for
2: you.
3: Oh, yeah. I, I can understand that.
2: Or, or it's a dessert, chief, a... you know, a nice, uh, interesting whiskey or something like that. Yeah.
3: It's capstone. It's not a meal unto itself. That's what you're going for. Yes. Well, um, and I don't know. In, in I, I really like fruit chocolate. pies. Go ahead, Spencer. Well, uh, in terms of our th- the three chocolate varieties, BJ, you were kind of going against the milk and selling dark chocolate. Does white chocolate enter the equation, or is white not really not chocolate not
2: chocolate? That that's it. Has, it has so little that's to do with chocolate. It's just a joke. I mean, it, you know, it's. I I, get, I understand. Form. I I have the knowledge that people like it. And it's silliness
0: to me. I coast on that. I do not like white chocolate. I do not like white chocolate.
3: It could be a degree of just changing tastes. I've heard before that when we're younger, we appreciate sweet uh, varieties, whereas when we're older, we appreciate more bitter. Perhaps that's just part of the transition that people make to dark chocolate as they get older.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, so we were talking about cheese earlier, and one of the things that I think is super funny is that for the longest time, American-made cheeses, when they were judged um, if they were crunchy, basically had little bits of calcification that was considered uh, a mark against them, and so all pretty much all of the cheese producers in the U.S. would try and avoid that. But that's something that you get with like a well-aged cheese, and so once there were people from Europe coming over that were more knowledgeable about cheese and they taste it, they're like, oh, this is exactly what you want. And so it might be one of the reasons that our our culture for a very long time had hilariously bad cheese, like the classic American cheese.
0: I like American cheese.
2: Hot take. As what? For what purpose?
0: It's a very good melting cheese. So I like it like on a hamburger or like on anything you're heating up. Because it melts very well. And just
3: melts. Yeah, sure. You, you well, wouldn't you, put it. You, you wouldn't put it on a cracker,
2: though, right? Fuck no,
0: no. That's what you say
2: to person. I I feel like it. It and Gruyere have like a lot of similarities. When you want just like an inoffensive cheese to be super melty and just sort of add that little bit, it's a good go-to cheese. You know, put it on a Philly cheesesteak, put it on a hamburger, put it on something like that. But as a cheese, it's just not particularly functional.
0: Can we talk about the fact that like the majority of Philly cheesesteaks that are sold in Philadelphia apparently have cheese whiz? What the hell? Oh, it it is
2: it 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 works super well in a Philly cheesesteak, basically nowhere else. But it really mixes in with the rest of the. I've never had ingredients. Have you ever had cheese whiz?
3: I have seen aerosol cheese. I've never actually had.
2: Spencer, for some reason, I can just totally imagine you just like spraying cheese in your mouth and swallowing it for like. Oh my gosh! All right. It hasn't, <laughs> it hasn't happened.
0: Let's move on. Let's move on. Levi, have you ever had a uh, cheese Whiz cheesesteak?
1: I have. Invalu- How was it? It was okay. <laughs> All right,
0: good. That's good radio. Thank you, Levi. How do you feel
2: about burritos that like aren't mixed up? That don't have like. The all the ingredients throughout the entire burrito. And so, you like, you're taking a bite of burrito and you get a bite of beans or a bite of rice or a bite of, of meat, but you don't get, like, all the stuff mixed together. I feel like that's where cheese Whiz sort of comes into its own, where it really, like, mixes in with all the other ingredients of the sandwich. Yeah,
1: just use shredded, shredded cheese, though. It's a solvable problem. Um, yeah. It is. I mean, I think uh, okay. the cheesesteak in Philadelphia um, – it was good. It's hyped up too much. Um, Damn. But, it's, but it's, it's a perfectly good, and it, I, I like the fact that there's a regional variation. There's, like, a sandwich you can have in an area, um, like that concept. But it's a perfectly fine little sandwich.
0: Whoa. Perfectly fine little sandwich. And that is the sound of everybody in Philadelphia hating Levi.
1: That's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, uh, BJ, do you have any more topics?
2: Uh, I think that was the ones that I'd written down. So open up the floor to uh, anybody else. Viva.
1: Nothing that's not very very controversial, but it, so we can do we that. Can. We can do it. No, there's no need. But one story I did want to say, um, Terry, do you recall –
0: Lee, I'm Lee on the podcast.
1: It's it's hard to remember these things. Um, do you recall the news story about the State of the Union parties where the, there was a misprint and T. Rump had spelled Union Union?
0: <laughs> no, I
3: haven't. Uh,
1: I mean, that was a news story that you know during the, during the State of the Union when T. Rump was being elected, um, they had given out tickets that said Union. With an M rather than an N. Um, I heard that story, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to be a good friend. I know how you feel uh, politically. I'm going to go on eBay. I'm going to create an alert for Union, and I'm going to get you a ticket for it. Oh, that been great. And guess what? I have not gotten a single alert since then. Damn it. Uh, it's been relevant. There's a lot of typos on eBay, apparently. Um, <laughs> but controversial take there, though, is that I might buy into the fact there's fake media out there. Did this really happen? There's no evidence of it. I can't fake find any evidence. Is this um, a fake news situation? I, I, it may be. Um, I mean the obvious like, counterpoint is that rich people that pay to go to special parties aren't putting stuff on, on eBay for 20 bucks, um, which is probably true. But I don't know. I'm, I'm a little suspicious of the fact that I can't I can't find one for sale.
0: First of all, I would like to thank you for being a good friend, because obviously if I got one of these, it would be framed and hung in my house. Oh, I know. Um, but yeah, it sounds like a fake news situation.
3: Having Googled it, there are, defi- there are definitely news articles
1: about it. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a thing.
0: I guess is on the case.
1: I'm curious, now. If you can find me a copy of this for sale, then uh, I'll be a great friend.
0: Yeah, and he was gonna the buy it for me. It's gonna be great.
3: Huh. I could print you out a copy from Google, but in terms of original, uh, not so much. Bad friend. Actually. <laughs> now, Lee, did you have some did you have some additional topics for us?
0: Well, I think we can just go around and say which uh the two whiskeys we had today on Menningham Talks presents whiskey on the weekends. You enjoyed the most, Levi. Fire away. Uh,
1: I think this is going to be the overwhelming favorite, but the riot was the better of the two. Although the the Mother Earth was a surprisingly uh, good good whiskey from a unlikely source.
2: Okay, uh, BJ. I'm going to be reiterating essentially what what Levi said. I mean. Uh, you know, in terms of whiskey that, that I want to drink, the rye is, is definitely up there. It's way more interesting. It you know, it has a good start, a middle, a finish. Um, whereas the Mother Earth is honestly surprising for a brewery to put have put out something that, that's that good. Yep. But it, it's essentially pleasant. You know, there there's nothing much more to it other than it's a surprisingly smooth but sweet whiskey, and, and just doesn't doesn't have the body to to back up much more than that.
0: Agreed, uh, Spencer.
3: I, you know, I'm a follower by nature, but I also agree with him that uh, the first one, Mother Earth, was perfectly unobjectionable. I'd perfectly be fine to enjoy it in a bar. But in terms of actually sipping and enjoying something with you guys, uh, the second was actually very interesting. They have a fun variety What glasses.
2: Do you have there, Spencer?
3: Uh, two because I have one with
0: ice and one without ice. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, no, I agree with you guys. It's four and zero here. Um, the rye from Limestone Branch Distillery, I think, was a bit better. It was a bit more uh, complex. But shout out Mother Earth. I mean, that, that's a good whiskey to be from Kinston, North Carolina. Which, by the way, I don't know if you guys have been to Kinston, North Carolina, but it's not much. It's like four buildings and then a bunch of like <laughs> ranches that are, like, sprawled out. Like, it, it, there's nothing in Kinston. So, shout out, Mother Earth. And a brewery. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, and a brewery. And, and a good
2: brewery, yeah. I feel like we should start a tradition of, of Spencer just downing the rest of the whiskey while we uh, watch it in, in horror. Oh, too late. We've already finished it. All right. Spencer, have you finished I guess all you the don't whiskey?
3: have any plans. I've not finished all the whiskey. I've finished one of the whiskeys. So I've still got oh. a fair portion of the second one still left, actually.
0: Okay, pour it out. And drink it, and then we'll finish up.
3: Do we have to? Yeah. Yeah, just pour it in your face. It's fine. Yeah, it's
0: good radio. Go ahead.
1: Hold on. Hold on.
0: All right, he's actually doing it, folks. Shout out Spencer.
1: And I like that side- he's pouring it out first. As a side note, you you just dissed Kinson there, which as North Carolinian, I have to object. And obviously, a great. <laughs> what? Have you been to <laughs> the What the hell are
0: you talking about? Kinston's awful.
1: Awful. They have a great great basketball scene there, right? We have Jerry Stackhouse, Ingram, Reggie Bullock. We have a lot of uh,
0: there. yeah, Reggie Bullock, yeah, yeah. But they ball because not there's nothing else to do. Uh,
1: no doubt. No objections there.
0: All right, Spencer has poured the whiskey.
1: I'm
3: not as fun, Chuck. I'm not as fond of it now that I'm chugging it, which uh, much I probably could say of any whiskey. But uh, go ahead. We go.
2: Knock it back. We were, we were saying that you had to chug it, like you could just. No, no, he needs really to reach it. Face. Okay. There it is.
0: Spencer knocked it back.
3: <laughs>
0: Good job, Spencer.
3: Wow, that is surprisingly spicy when you drink about an entire glass of it in one sitting. <laughs> fireball? <laughs> fireball? Not fireball. <laughs> no, not, not quite fireball. <laughs> oh, that, that brings back memories.
1: was the last time someone had a fireball here? Uh, Probably never. I don't know. Interesting you bring that up, because today, uh, when I thought Terry wasn't going to – Lee wasn't huh. going to be able to swing by my house, um, I went to the, the, the liquor store to, to to buy a whiskey to try. Um, I got a Buffalo Trace variant, which is I haven't tried, but we'll see how it turns out. And may, may send some to you guys. Um, People
0: rare. It's very but good. In,
1: but in the, the store, I was debating, do I just get Fireball? Do I just, just get Fireball and have that with you guys? You're, you're drinking distinguished whiskies, not just drinking the sort of <laughs> so basic. <laughs> I'm just drinking the worst thing that a a bro, um, someone who's probably sexually molested, someone uh drinks at a house. Wow. Like, do I do that Levi, kicks?
3: Levi, if you want to send that to me, I will happily drink it with you. Fireball? I yeah, I mean, I'll, he I'll doesn't need fireball to send do. you
0: fireballs. Like, just go <laughs> just get go, fireball. Out and go out and buy it. <laughs> no, no, if he <laughs> sends me the fireball, I will drink it. I'm not going to buy it myself. Oh, all right.
2: Well, I think from now on, every thing. time one of us sends Levi something to drink, we just replace it with 151, so everybody else is drinking a nice, pleasant, smooth whiskey, and, and Levi's like, what is wrong with you people? This is clearly 151, and I hate you. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well,
0: look, guys, this has been fun. Anything else we want to uh, talk about? All right. I'm hearing a no. Good time. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. The Whiskey on the Weekends, uh, presented by Mangum Talks and the Mangum po- Talks podcast channel. Check out our other podcasts. We have Mangum Reads with BJ, Spencer. We have Mangum Hoops, which is coming out with the first episode. Uh, very soon with myself and Levi. We have the GOT Got Questions podcast with Spencer and Lee. Uh, check us out, Mangum Talks, on Twitter and, uh, and at Mangum Talks. And you can check out our Mangum Talks Facebook page at facebook.com slash Mangum Talks. Check us out on Reddit, r. Or Mangum Talks, or go to www.mangumtalks.com up right the right hand corner. And click contact us and give us uh, any of your comments, questions, or concerns thanks everybody
2: thanks for joining us and uh, keep drinking